Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Angular Air. I'm your host, Justin Schwarzenberger, and today's episode is entitled Beyond the Lab Air Edition, Making User Data Work for You. So we're interested to find out what that means and see what we're going to talk about. Uh, before we meet our guests, let's say hi to our panelists. Joining us today, we've got the NGA Panda, Austin McDaniel. Austin, what's going on? How's it going, everyone? I'm sitting outside, and they literally are dragging trash cans across the road on their bot. So sorry, uh, it's a little loud. Awesome. But hey, real world, right? Real world. <laughs> All right, and joining us, we have our effervescent beacon of light, Alyssa Nichol. Alyssa, what's going on? Hey, glad to be here, everyone. Uh, no trash dragging here, but uh, I'll try to keep it lively. <laughs> nice. Nice. And our guest today, I believe it's his first time on Angular Air, uh, Leonardo Zizimia. How's it going? Uh, really well, thank you. Yes, it's the first time in Angular Air, and uh, pretty excited about it. Thank you for having me. Yes, we're, we're very excited to have you, and, and welcome for your time. Glad to have it. Uh, why don't you give our viewers a little bit of background on, on yourself and what's going on in case they don't so, um, um where should I start? OK, I was born many, many years ago. Now, um, I, uh, I'm one of the senior engineers um, here at Coinbase in San Francisco. Uh, and uh, the community uh, here in San Francisco mostly knows me because I'm one of the co-organizers of the Angular San Francisco meetup. And uh, recently, I also joined the GDE program as a web and Angular GDE. Um, side note, I also recently start uh, organizing the future uh, for the, the first international conference in Italy. So actually, it's, a, it's the first time we say that uh, live or we say that just in public. Um, it's going to happen at, uh, an Italian conference in Rome uh, in October 2018. And uh, the folks in Italy, they asked me to help organize it uh, to make it more international because I know a little bit of English. And uh, yeah, um, I was working in the past to several other companies like uh, Twitter in San Francisco, or Framers, Frame, uh, Frame Store in London. And uh, I've been using Angular from over, I, I lost the count, five, six years from one point something. And uh, yeah, I always, um, well, every time I did open source, my focus was always being like performance and uh, measuring performance or how to make your website uh, faster and uh, lighter. So that's something that I always said kind of like, um, I, I would say I nerd out on that topic. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, we had an episode recently where we were talking about performance and your name came up and we were talking about Perfume.js. And uh, I think Bonnie was saying, hey, we need to get him on the show. And so. <laughs> Here you are. <laughs> very cool, very cool. All right, what do you got in store for us today? So uh, I want to uh, kind of like give a brief understanding to everyone what uh, measuring performance is. And uh, a clear distinction is, first of all, understanding what is a lab data and a field data. When people, uh, there are a few buzzwords that kind of like come around, and I want to give uh, uh, clarify some of those. First of all, like most of people heard about like the uh, dev tools and lighthouse, and that it was a great um, a great success from the Chrome team to slowly introducing uh, lighthouse as kind of like 
experiment and finally becoming kind of like the tool that everyone kind of like use it to measuring performance. And people need to always remember that when we talk about Lighthouse, we're talking about lab data. We talk about every data that you can collect on your own laptop or maybe on this on your own kind of like uh, staging environment and uh, measuring the same metrics over and over and over to the same CPU, the same latency, the same machine. So you kind of have a baseline and say, okay, this website, this application, uh, this is the, um, the type of like metrics we have. Field data is the, um, is completes the, uh, the lab data. So when this kind of, this kind of like metrics, they don't replace each other, they just complete. Like you do the lab data to make sure that when you deploy, you are deploying a code that is, uh, that is the best that you've written and it's very well performant. But when you deploy it, there are, we know that bugs can come out, there are different devices, different uh, bandwidth, latency, uh, things that can happen to uh, that you didn't predict. And that's where the field data are related to. The field data, the more, uh, the more uh, sophisticated word is RAM, real user uh, metrics. And this is just a collection of metrics that are focused to calibrate how really uh, how really fast is your website in uh, everywhere. Uh, Google Analytics tried to do some measurement in the past, but never got really accurate. Um, Google also with the uh, Google Index uh, BigQuery is trying to do something similar to, but still uh, it's just like a small spectrum of what are the, it's more like an average amount of this kind of like metrics. What the, what the webs, when, uh, when we talk about like these metrics, we have also remembered that the people behind, the people behind that are actually in creating these metrics are the, um, the web standard uh, commute, uh, committee. And uh, in this committee, there are people from Microsoft, from Google, from most of the biggest company, and they're working to create like um, a open sourced, like uh, uh, public standard that every company can follow through. Uh, and the reason is because we don't want to just like, uh, we want to have a clarity of what what metrics we should look to uh, to understand actually our application is fast or not. And it's important, like when, uh, last year, for example, we talked, uh, many people heard this buzzword, time to interactive, TTI. And people were like, okay, so if I get like lower my TTI, that means I'm going better, I'm going faster. Yes, but at the same time, um, the committee, uh, uh, it keeps studying how these metrics are really, um, are really useful or not. And the TTI people always thought like, okay, this is the value that we have to matter, we have to measure in a real world. They said this in 2017. In 2018, people realized not that actually is very hard to calculate. And there is a lot of like false positive or false negative. So they move it back to the lab data. So what are these metrics? The metrics, uh, there, are, there are many, there are, but today I want to, I want everyone to focus on just a few of them. Uh, for the field data, so for the data that you calculate on Lighthouse, you have to focus on first, uh, first paint, uh, time to interactive, 
And uh, pretty much like these are the, are the two that uh, most of the people most of the people should actually focus at first. Um, first paint, first paint actually uh, first paint can be easily confused with the first contentful paint. Uh, first paint is when you open a website and the background change. And as soon the background change, that is the first paint. The first contentful paint instead is when there is the first content loaded. So anything, any, any like. Uh, so you're not counting the background as content. You're just counting. Yeah, the background doesn't count as a content. So if you change the CSS background, that mm -hmm. is still first paint. But as soon an SVG, uh, an H1, any type of content, it's been loaded. That's when triggers the first contentful paint. Most of the time, first paint and first contentful paint are exactly at the same time. But sometimes people, sometimes like uh, people change, like first the background to kind of like, hey, we are here, and then after it's like it's load the, con the content. But yeah, um, it's important like understand that you have to keep the first contentful paint as low as possible because that's the moment that uh, someone actually is like is waiting on the phone, is like is on the is on a, is on the subway. And as soon as kind of like you see the first content, you're like, okay, something is happening. So, so I you're can, saying I can you want to get to that as fast as possible. Yes. Okay. okay. And um, there is another buzzword that has been around that is first meaningful paint. First meaningful paint is usually when, okay, you're loading some content, but the main content is not loaded yet. So I think I want to calculate that. The problem is first, first meaningful paint because it's very depends from each website. It needs to be uh, it can't kind of like the metrics people uh, they had, to create these metrics was really hard to kind of like understand when is the moment that if something is meaningful for you. So they kind of said, okay, for the first meaningful paint, you can still calculate, but you had to kind of like write your own version. If you want something that is a standard across all the website, first contentful paint is the kind of like a good one. So first contentful paint and TTI are probably the best solution for uh, lab data. What does it mean TTI? TTI is the um, you load the content, and we know that sometimes single page up they take a lot of time to to boot like stores to boot all your uh, data. So you might actually see the content, but you can still really do anything with it. So that extra lag or junk, uh, that is the TTI. That's uh, how much time someone needs to wait before actually the website is fully uh, useful. And uh, to calculate the TTI, Lighthouse is perfect to doing that because uh, what actually means is if the website loads after one second, but you still have like stuff in your uh, in your thread for over other two seconds. That means on second three, that is the TTI. And Lighthouse will do all the calculation to figure out what's exactly your TTI. Um, and this is for lab data. So lab data, first contentful paint, a TTI. For real user measurement, so for field data, then we have uh, um, we have to focus to again to first contentful paint, and the difference for the second metric is instead of TTI that people should not use anymore for the field, 
focus to first input delay. So first input delay, what's the difference? First input delay is because we realize that calculated TTI in, uh, in your website can take a kind of like some, some energy or kind of like could, uh, uh, it's not quite accurate because things can happen. Um, first input delay, uh, also feed, it's kind of like the easiest way to figure out if your website is responsive as soon as the website is open. So the website, the website is open, and as soon as you click it, how much millisecond you need to wait to actually have a response. Everything that is lower than 100 millisecond, it's a, it's a good result. Uh, if you start calculating first input delay now on your website, it takes more than 300 milliseconds. 300 milliseconds, they don't seem much, but actually it's already a, an amount of uh, latency that can be perceived as the website is not ready yet, is slow. So to recap, to kind of like finish this uh, preface, lab data with Lighthouse, first contentful paint and TTI, for RAM real user metrics with uh, first contentful paint again, the difference this time we are calculating the, this metric across all our devices and see it's like, okay, with Chrome is super fast, but with this chip phone, with Android, with a bad latency is terrible. And we have to improve it. And the second one is first input delay. So question? <laughs> I, went very, I, I put a lot on the table, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, I'm getting some, getting echo. some echo, maybe. It needs to it needs mute. To. Or Lena, uh, yeah, OK. Uh, so the lab data, is that really where we're looking to measure performance of how users perceive that our applications are actually doing something or, or going to be like, they're in the process of, of booting up essentially, right? To give them that feedback that, that, hey, you navigated to our application and something is happening, we're doing stuff, we're not just stalling out. So it kind of covers that part. And then the other part of the, the um, field data is really, okay, how soon can they start doing something with it? It's kind of more about, you should think of it as about range. It's like a lighthouse is maybe, 70 or 80% of your user. It's like with light, if you do only lighthouse, you cover a big part of user that have like a speed, a very fast Wi-Fi, a good device, and uh, a great like, uh, I don't know, they live in a city where 4G, 4G works. <laughs> but as soon you go, I don't know, anywhere in the world where you maybe have a very slow 3G, and your phone is uh, like a cheap phone. Uh, that's where um, you still can do some kind of like, uh, 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 you can uh, you can kind of like fake it with Lighthouse to reduce the performance and reduce the latency and kind of like making sure that uh, this, this thing are calculated with the Lighthouse too. Uh, RAM is kind of like the completely truth. It, it let me. It's kind of like you are giving a talk to uh, three, four people, and all these three, four people they love it. You give the same talk to hundred people, but only sixty percent really understood you. 
So what happened is Lighthouse, it's a good test that actually what you wrote, your code is good quality and uh, and it is most of the time is enough. But if you want to take it to the next level and you want to kind of like really make sure that when uh, that the user are every user, every single user has the best uh, performance, that's where you take data from that. Okay, so so that yeah, so the point is like you're just going from like I know 80% of my user or most of my users are a great experience to I know that every user for sure has their best experience. Okay, so I think I'm following now. So we're talking if I go back to like my scientific classes, right, in training, I think like, okay, that's what we're talking about in terms of lab data, right? We're talking, I've got this set things that I'm gonna run against my stuff that I'm that I know that I'm tossing at it, right? And, and testing, and that's what you're saying, kind of the lighthouse mode is, is doing that, right? And then, but I, what I really wanna do is that field data, which is just, I don't have control over that whole thing, but I need to measure that. So I wanna get it out to the world, get it out to all these different potentials and then collect that data and read that and try to understand from that, how we can make the best possible performance. And the best thing is with the field data, you can even get more uh, accurate or which one is the device that uh, the device at the location that uh, your website has a poor experience. And that you can maybe uh, make the lab data that look more that device, so you can test it better for that situation. Um, it's very interesting. I mean, it's um, definitely you don't do for your blog, this kind of like fancy stuff, but it's interesting when you are have a website that is used by millions and billions of users, and you want to make sure that each one, especially if you're going to mobile first, and you want that your website is highly performant for uh, mobile devices, because we know for we know for a fact that uh, we, most of people like actually enjoy internet when they are doing like commuting or they are on the train, and definitely. Waiting too long for a website. Uh, there are many, many studies that said that if you wait more than a second, you already you are switching idea. You say, okay, the website is taking too long. Let me check. Let me check Twitter, and the person actually never come back. Um, so the point is like how we can get in a world where we give a, a great experience not only for desktop that we cannot ever. We can say that we almost win with that. We can give a decent experience in desktop. How we can give it in a situation that uh, you are on your phone and your phone is in a uh, is a bad uh, um, network connection. Rob Warmel actually gave a really interesting um, talk on uh, Google Shopping um, and first impressions and things like that uh, on the same topic, and it was you know, getting to first meaningful paint and what that meant for like uh, sales conversions. Um, and and basically uh, you know, measuring the statistics that you're talking about and running two different, you know, parallel websites that it flips a coin, which one you go to and you can study the statistics off the one that like paints faster and the one that doesn't. Yeah, and the uh, website uh, um, company like Etsy or uh, Pinterest, they all are some of the best case scenario where they kind of like show how just improving 30% the first contentful pane 
increased thought percentage of user conversion and everyone is happier uh, but yeah it's uh, it's very interesting so I uh, want to share some um, website to give more concept concept to what's going on on the uh, how this we go to this point perfect all right before we do that to say hi to Bonnie who just joined us Bonnie Brennan how's it going Bonnie I'm in Paris you guys <laughs> And I probably look crazy because I just got back from the catacombs and I was like trying to rush through uh, traffic in Paris to get back. Bonsoir. So, uh, <laughs> huh? He said bonsoir. I know, I, I, was, I was going crazy because I really wanted uh, Leonardo to come on and talk to us about perfume. And then the date he picked was the date I was gone. And I was just like, ah, oh, I didn't want to miss that episode. But you're here, you made it. But I didn't. Well. I made it. Hello. Ciao, Bonnie. All right, ready to share your screen? Yes. Okay, go for it. Okay, so um, can everyone see this? No. <laughs> we still see you. Okay. Uh... <laughs> me... That's a pretty cool window you got behind you. I know, right? Where are you? Yeah. Uh, my office. Ooh, fancy. <laughs> this is the view you have every day. How do you get any work done? <laughs> I don't look outside. <laughs> well, I would imagine that the view doesn't change very much. So, <laughs> yeah, so I guess buildings I buildings tend not to move very much. It's just my experience. Sharing the screen? Yeah, we see it now. User centric performance metrics. Okay, so um, what we talked till now, we have to always remember that uh, there is a committee that is working on a draft and many different type of draft. And this draft, they are kind of like describing what the web can offer us as like official API, official API to calculate this information. Um, for example, like here we have like performance.mark, maybe you heard before, and it's a very nice way to measure performance inside your website from point A to point B. And uh, yeah, there are uh, the, the committee is kind of like foc the, it's focused to kind of like define open source standards that people like me can uh, focus on to write libraries or even the Chrome team that is part of this committee is actually focused to um, iterate on these metrics. So if you go to, I always advise everyone to go to developers.google.com where there is a Tons of great content, and uh, in particular, the content related to user-centric performance metrics, where uh, step by step they kind of like show what we were talking about before, like uh, the focus on uh, on try to kind of like collect these metrics and uh, what the four different types of like moments during the page. Because when you load the page, you have is it happening? Is it useful? is usable, is delightful. And it kind of like goes on and on to describing what these metrics means and how they are for. Uh, and yeah, I totally advise everyone to kind of like uh, at least give it a read because they go more deep into the uh, information that I shared before. And, uh, um, and to continue to the topic of like, so we understood what field data, so what uh, lab data are, that we said the lighthouse, uh, it's uh, focused on kind of like calculating your your uh, your metrics on your laptop. The next step is um, so the 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 Chrome team started releasing different type of like uh, polyfill to calculate the first contentful paint 
and uh, to calculate the first input delay. So the first contentful paint uh, to calculate on your laptop, you can actually, I think the easier way is uh, we go to, uh, where is it, where is it? Okay. So, nope. Uh, okay, this is one, this one. So this piece of code is all you need to calculate the first contentful paint on um, on your website. So performance or performance observer uh, is actually a, an API that you can use on Chrome. Uh, it partially works uh, on other browser. Chrome is the one that um, fully support like the entry type paint. And that means with, the, with this entry type paint, we can focus on uh, uh, retrieving in an async way the first contentful paint on your application. What I did is building on top of that a library called Perfume. And Perfume, the focus is making sure that we use like the latest API and the latest polyfill. I say polyfill because some API, like for example, to calculate the first input delay, they don't exist yet. And uh, actually, let me stop sharing. Can it really be a polyfill if it doesn't exist? <laughs> <laughs> so okay. So the point is like um, the Chrome team is trying to help you to uh, start collecting this data from today. And uh, you, the, there is already a good job with first contentful paint that you can use it uh, on Chrome. But on Firefox, I think it doesn't work yet. And in other browser, it works, but not as kind of like reliable as Google, as Chrome. So they're trying to give you like uh, option. It's like, okay, you can do first contentful paint with like the native version. And uh, first simple delay, that is not a native version yet. So they give you like a, a small like, I don't know, few bytes, very small file or uh, polyfill that you can use to calculate from today the first simple delay. So what I did, I kind of like take all these ingredients, mix it together, and make perfume. And the reason I made this perfume is mostly I started for my own to kind of like, OK, there is some edge cases like on Firefox doesn't work. And when it doesn't work, I don't want the, the website to freeze uh, or, uh, or kind of like I want to make sure that the data that are accurate, they are, they are not mixed with data that are not accurate. Or another thing is, uh, the Chrome, the the native API doesn't calculate well if you if you change tabs. Like if you load the page and you change tab and you go back to your to your original tab after three days, the metric says that you wait three days. Is it clear? That's a that's a long time. <laughs> so the point is, like, I'm, I wrote this library to kind of like prevent this situation. Like, if you change tab, I stop calculating metrics because cannot be accurate. So you don't need to have because that's remember when you calculate information across all the user, it doesn't matter you have a hundred percent of user. Matter that you have uh, an estimation of all the user. Uh, when the metrics is accurate. So if uh, if you this, if a user it comes back like three times on your website, but you have only one estimation, it's still a good estimation. Um, okay. So is um, 
is this something that's designed to have in our applications, uh, no matter what, for every user, or is there like a performance concern of the performance metrics that we shouldn't we should have this send it to a subset of, of users or something like that? Or is yeah, that that's a that's a reason we uh, we don't calculate TTI anymore. Uh, one of the reasons we don't calculate TTI is also because there is a lot of like uh, calculation that needs to happen when the page loads to kind of like observe. A bunch of stuff like you are observing all the long tasks, and when the long tasks are done, you know that uh, the TTI is actually happen, and all these obs observation they kind of like take some time, and you don't want this this extra effort. So every time we talk about first countable paint or first input delay, uh, the cost is nothing. So you're taking all these metrics and. Uh, Another extra thing that I did on um, perfume is the measurement. It might cost you a, a, like a fraction of a millisecond, but um, if you want to send this metric to Google Analytics, and usually sending this metrics to Analytics takes between one and two millisecond, and you're doing a lot of measurement, and you want to really be picky of the waste, even that one or two millisecond. I wrote inside Perfume, um, I used inside Perfume request idle callback. And request idle callback Make sure that the uh, you calculate when you need to calculate, but you send it only when the thread is empty. Kind of like to be very picky. Um, OK, an image that will clarify more about it. Uh, so let me share again. Okay, let's see if I can share it. Okay, can you see this image? Yes. Okay, so this it's a small recap of what we talk about it. So we have the main thread from uh, from the moment you load the page till the page is finished to load, and you have three metrics: first content full paint (FCP), TTI (time to interactive), and FID (first input delay). So the first contentful paint is the one that as soon as you navigate, you have the first like uh, kind of like content to be loaded. You have more stuff happening, and uh, the user decides to do like there is a um, there is a browse browser receives first input this click. So you do a click, and this kind of like moment that you wait that is the first input delay. And the TTI, it's uh, when all the red things, so these are all the tasks, are actually completed. So these are the three that after this, after this kind of like, after this Angular Hail, you should remember. First contentful pane, TTI, a first input delay. How is that first input delay measured? So let's do, let's do an example. Like I'm refreshing this page, and the first input delay, the first contentful paint is one second. So here you see zero second, okay, zero millisecond. As soon as I click, you can see this change into two. So the way it's been calculated is um, first input delay. Uh, let's see the polyfill. What is it? What is it? GitHub. Here we go. So this is the polyfill of first simple delay. And if you see the source code, it's very trivial. 
What it does, it just like adds an ad event listener to a few um, um, specific iteration, like clicking or tapping. Uh, it just like listen this. Uh, if you see that, let's say this is the polyfill. It's pretty. It's pretty short. And these are the um, the event type that we are looking through. Click, mouse down, key down, touch start, and pointer down. And as soon one of those happen, it's uh, it start measuring. And when the thread is empty, is uh, uh, is free again, it stop measuring. So what I did, I took this polyfill and I just kind of like uh, put it inside the uh, perfume. And I did it because with perfume, you can just like instantiate perfume, tell perfume what metrics you want. If you want first paint, if you want first counterful paint, or if you want first input delay, and uh, for free without, without knowing much about it, you can have the metrics related. And you can use this thing on your website. So done that, you want to actually uh, upload it to Google Analytics. So by just saying to by just saying to Google Analytics like Google Analytics enable true, you have automatically all this information uploaded to Google Analytics. And if you don't use Google Analytics, but you want to add it to your custom, uh, I don't know. If you use amplitude or you use um, any sort of like mix panel or your own custom like metric system, well, you just kind of like use the analytics tracker that every time there is a metric, you can just like uh, feed your own analytics with the metrics that is being collected. Uh, stop sharing. There we go. Sweet. Cool. That's really cool. Um, so I, I guess I'm trying to wrap my head a little bit more around the uh, first input delay um, yeah. and thinking about like, so as soon as somebody does one of those interactions, touch, um, click, that sort of thing, like that's when that's going to start calculating it. And then it, when it responds, it, it finishes it off. Um, is that kind of going to be dependent on when they click? Like if they click during before the first uh, meaningful paint or if they click after, is it, would that number vary? It is. It is a very, uh, and that's a reason uh, for a developer, for an engineer, it's important to optimize for all of this. Uh, you, hey, Leonardo, you still have your screen sharing on. Yeah, that's happened sometime. Um, there we go. There you are. Here we go. But yes, that's that's happened sometime. Um, and I think what what matters most is like you try to optimize for all cases, because sometimes the result is like fifty milliseconds, other it's two hundred fifty, and the best, the worst scenario you try to optimize for the worst case, because what you want is you want the boot up time of your application be uh, really fast. Yeah, because I'm just kind of trying to process, like, okay, well, how, yeah, like, how do I use that measurement to identify what I need to do, right, to solve it? Or because to... think about first contentful paint, it's focus of mostly on the bundle size. It's like, okay, if you reduce the bundle size, first contentful paint, it goes, it's be reduced too, because you take less time to actually load everything. First input delay is more focused on the JavaScript part, like. Some people do the mistake to kind of like overload the boot up time with a lot of like 
videos, video backgrounds. <laughs> yeah. Video backgrounds? Is yeah. Like early 2000s thing. I was like, people are doing that? <laughs> no, it ha it's all the time now. Like, you see these websites that are so slow and there's these huge content pieces that are, that are dependent on them. But yeah, the, the, the trick is making sure that it's kind of like, uh, it's telling you more about your story. It's telling you like you are uh, spending much time to, I don't know, initializing many stores that maybe you should initialize it uh, all at the same time. Maybe you want to initialize some store only when the set that pages is loaded. So instead, if you have like 100 pages and each page has each is own individual store, you lazy load the store of your Redux or Mobex or whatever is the technology you're using. Um, you're initializing only when the page is loaded instead of having like a global store that initializes it all at once. Now, is it with Angular, is that going to also affect your? Um you know, meaningful paint as well. Like if, if Angular has to do all of its JavaScript, you know, run up and, and build up before it gets to rendering a component, which would give you that paint, right? How does that come into play? Well, the first meaningful paint, the point is uh, we might be smart enough that you actually uh, load everything, you print the content, but you still have like, two seconds or 1.5 seconds of JavaScript that you just set them out. They just need to set them out. So do this after. But the after, it still has to do it. It's, uh, I don't know if you, uh, if you one of you saw like uh, Airbnb did a case study two years ago where the first paint was really fast and so you can see the home page. But every time the user was going to uh, click the autocomplete, it wasn't working. Wasn't working because there were a bunch of stuff loading in the background and took another extra one second or two seconds to load. So that's what we are talking about with the first input delay. Making sure that yes, you are seeing the application, and that's the first contentful paint. And yes, it's responsive right away. And that is first input delay. For Angular, um, doesn't doesn't change much. The the focus of these metrics is covers very well all your application. Uh, I mean, with with Ivy, actually, we're going to have like a, a boot up time faster anyway for free. <laughs> so um, this is where uh, stuff like Universal kind of starts coming into the picture, right, as well it, for a solution. Universal is perfect for first input for the first contentful paint, but you still have the first input delay to work around. Um, one uh, extra thing I want to talk about the Angular, uh, the Angular part is uh, so everything I talk about it, it's pretty much what um, the Chrome team is evangelizing to everyone, making sure you do your homework, making sure you measure, me measure your metrics, and making sure that you understand where you stand on your on the quality of your application. And uh, um, can I share the screen again? Okay. No, the first time is free. After that, you have to pay five bucks each time. <laughs> <laughs> we take Venmo or PayPal. <laughs> um, I think that's me. Okay, so to um, so you, everything that I just said, you can find it on the website. Uh, 
you can just type perfumejs.com and that will go to my uh, GitHub pages related to perfume. And uh, with uh, perfume, you can download it. You can start using to calculate your first paint, first contentful paint, the first method, first input delay. The next step is actually start calculating uh, your components. So this is something that I'm start doing it, uh, and that's where part of I will say the one part of the story that people don't talk about it much. But and I and we should kind of like at least acknowledge that might be a problem is when you, okay, you know that you are taking uh, too much time to calculate the first, like the first input delay or your performance are slow, but you don't quite understand when and who is causing that. So I started writing this Angular version where this decorator named Perfume After View Init. Uh, and what actually does is you can decorate every, any component you want in your Angular application. You can decorate any component, and what it does, it just calculates how long it takes from the constructor from the constructor to the paint on the browser of that specific component. And that will show in your dev tools. So actually, let's do live. Let's see if it works. Um, but is that just in dev tools, or can you send that off to some other analytics? Or you can send to other analytics. So, for example, like if I refresh this and uh, it's reloading everything, DevTools is stopping, and you say, okay, so let's see. Oh, these are my, I mean, this application is very small, but I can see, like, okay, the app component, the, con the constructor started here, and uh, this is where there was the, the view in it. This intro component. CPP component and navigation component. And it's also very interesting how they depend from each other and see where actually you see the life cycle, the Hangar life cycle, how uh, it's initialized and for the after view in it for each individual component. Okay, let's pause there really quick because I, th I think this is really valuable and awesome, right? That we're looking, we're seeing here with these measurements for these individual components, but we're also seeing other stuff, right? Like we see like which component got initialized first, then then the flow yeah. of it, right? Um, in that waterfall kind of effect. And wow, this is really cool. I mean, we know the run micro task is, uh, um, is, is Angular that is doing a bunch of like, okay, this is creating an element. And it's like, okay, but what component is creating an element? And uh, you always kind of like wonder of who is doing what. And it's much more crazier when, for example, this application, it's been minified. So I don't know much about what component it is after it gets minified. So we have the name because uh, simply I'm just uh, adding the name here. So if you remove the, the name from the decorator, you you will still get the metrics, but I don't know. Will uh, the name will change based on what the uh, Angular engine decide to change the name? So, to as Perfume does all this information, they will automatically goes to the analytics tracker and spit out to uh, wherever you want. Like uh, yeah, and. Uh, you can get more fancy. We have more debugging tools that you can decide, like uh, if you want in like logging out of not. Like for example, if you on debugging, you want kind of like see this thing happening. So if I refresh, 
you will see, okay, intro component took 10 milliseconds, seven milliseconds, or you just don't want them, you can just disable them. So the library trying to um, give you some option of how you wanna kind of like configure this matrix. And then can you dive in there a little further and be able to say like, I wanna wrap some timing code around some services that I call within my component to identify if those are the ones that are actually the part that's slowing down this part? Yes, because the, the point is, uh, everything started with me start doing perfume.start. Perfume.start is what actually I showed it in the beginning um, here. So if you, even right now, you do like performance.mark, this is an open API that everyone can use in every browser. And what you do, you just try to say, start measuring this metrics now and stop it uh, and stop it now. And you and when you do this, you get a specific uh, um, amount of millisecond due for that metric. What they converted is just like an easy way that when you do it in perfume, automatically gets uploaded uh, in uh, in your uh, your metrics. So you can use the decorator for you can use the decorator for components, or you can use perfume.start. And perfume, by the way, is just like easily um, injected as a, as a service. And uh, the way it works is the service is initialized only one, only once, because we just do it as a library, as in the in the in the, in the initial ng module. And the reason it needs to be initialized only once is because it, any any time you initialize perfume, you will create a, a new store. Like perfume is gonna kind of like uh, making sure that there are different, every matrix you measure, there is a start and there is an end. And that's the reason you need one only one instance because perfume is kind of like making, just doing some homework for you. Uh, and yes, what you said is right. We can start doing like specific like services like, okay, start now in these components and few components after or few services after do an end. And you said just to remind us again, how many milliseconds was unacceptable or? Um... Well, not optimal. <laughs> stop the screen sharing. Uh, okay. Sweet. So um, just remember, okay, that, that's we go back to the story of the e-commerce. You're still screen sharing. Damn it. That's I have to pay $5. <laughs> Oh, okay. Uh, I told you he was funny, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so remember that uh, everything that is more than a second, it's bad. A second is bad. Okay. So a second is bad because research proved that every time you on a website takes more than a second to the page to anything to change, your uh, your content switching. So you are like, if something takes more than a second, um, you are already thinking about something else and you might gonna easily leave the, the website to like, okay, let me check Twitter, let me check Facebook, let me check uh, Slack. So a second is kind of like really bad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 300 millisecond is the perception of things going slower. Okay. Everything that is more than 300 millisecond, and that's very interesting for uh, popover, models, uh, every time you do a click and something happen, if happen for more after 300 milliseconds, feels slower. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. If you can get that and that angry millisecond, it perceived like uh, instantaneous. Okay. Yeah, I spent a lot of time to do this fix. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm assuming you would take perfume out of your app for production because it's just for like making sure it's ready for production, but you don't want to leave these calls in there. That's the thing. That's we go back to the beginning of the conversation. You leave perfume inside application for field data to calculate this information across all your users. And you do lighthouse before deploying. And it is important that you don't abuse of the components uh, decorator. You make sure that the component decorator is used only for big components. Like if you're measuring something that is three milliseconds, it's not really worth the measurement. Uh, you're measuring like a date picker. You're measuring something that is more like a composition of many components. And uh, something that maybe happened happened to me in the past is like you have a model that is 100 milliseconds. And inside this model, you, uh, you decide to, slide, to do autocomplete. And you take another library and this autocomplete, uh, it's just not rated as performant as you thought. And this autocomplete has another uh, 100 millisecond of jank that you didn't expect it. So you see your model going from super performant 75 millisecond thing to 180 or 200. You didn't notice that. I mean, it's so minimal, so small, the change that you will not, you will maybe notice after 20 days. And you're like, why it feels slower? And the reality is perfume, if you measure the component uh, over weeks, you cannot see your your I don't know your main components going like okay now it's hundred mil hundred millisecond hundred ten ninety and it's fine and after it goes from hundred to three hundred like okay something happened and you go to your commit you realize that you commit that code and that code needs to be reverted or improve it so yeah. see as the uh, RAM the real user metrics the field data as an alert system for something that maybe user didn't realize that, but you are preventing before it gets actually a problem. Yeah, I think that's, uh, I'm a big fan of this uh, because of that fact, like when, when you have an issue in your application and your users are telling you it's slow or it locks up on me and you ask them when and where and what they were doing, like, Good luck with that, right? It's very difficult. And then to try and troubleshoot that and you get the pressure of everybody, all your users, everybody's on the app, wants that fixed. And now you're on the clock for fixing that. You know, you have this measurement stuff in place. It's going to help you track down those problems and figure out where that's, that's at and, and how to get your solution out there to market faster. It's, it's, it's very handy to have. Yeah, my, my advice is definitely like use perfume in your uh, most important components, the components that maybe rely to third, third part application or rely to uh, some very complex uh, Redux operation or MapReduce, something that maybe uh, even, even the, uh, I don't know, you open the model only when the, the uh, database give you back some information. I mean, it can be anything, but at least you start measuring and you know that, you know, when you're working on your own application, maybe uh, your database is only 10 megabytes and uh, every call, it's really fast because it's very small, the kilobyte that you download. 
when you go to production, you go about gigabytes or terabytes and things that the, the payload is a little bit bigger and your component is not performant as you thought. So that's where um, real user metrics give you the feelings um, of like what is really happening. The easy comparison is between unit testing and functional testing. You need both. Functional testing is just making sure it completes the picture. You still need unit testing, and functional testing is just making sure that <clears throat> doesn't functional testing doesn't know exactly where is the problem, but knows that there is a problem somewhere. The same, yeah. Yeah, that's a really good analogy. I like it. That that sinks home. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> All right. Well, we're at the uh, top of the hour, so we better wrap things up. Anything last that you want to add to that discussion? Uh, thank you for listening. I can talk for forever. And uh, <laughs> oh, I, 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 I know yeah. it's, I, it's not always a topic that uh, there is a lot of like new buzzwords and <clears throat> not many people talk about it. So it can be kind of confusing in the beginning. So um if there is anything that is not clear just bug me on twitter or uh, you can find me on in san francisco to the local meetup and um and i just want to mention again uh, we are organizing the angular rome conference in october next year we're still early in the organization we're gonna open the uh call for paper in january and uh yeah i'm always on it uh, NG China is in October of next year, and I really want to go to both. So maybe uh, make sure you're not at the same time as NG China. NG Rome is October 7, 2018. Okay. Okay, that should be fine. And I also want to say, uh, so I have used perfume a little bit, and I really like it. And I know you can do some of this stuff on your own, but perfume is just so uh, easy to use. But if you fire it up and it's not working, before you email Leonardo to complain that it doesn't work, make sure all your versions are consistent. Uh, because I had updated, I think I got the latest version, because uh, uh, Perfume works the latest version of Angular. But my Angular, I think my CLI and then my Angular didn't match. And so, uh, <laughs> so, so once I got all that working, Perfume was great. And it worked just fine. So, there was, uh, so, was, so make sure your versions match before you bug Leonardo. Not yeah, that you would ever do I that. I will try to reply right away. But I really do like. I mean, it's it's so convenient and it's it's quick and uh, and I like it. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Let's do some picks. Anybody have any picks? Raise your hand and I'll call. All right, Austin. Raise your hand first. You're on. I feel like I haven't had a pick in a while. Um, I actually have two. Uh, so there is this new thing I saw on Twitter um, called DevHub. And it's essentially like TweetDeck, but for GitHub. So if you don't have enough notifications in your life and you just want more, uh, you can get this. <laughs> and there's also this tool, uh, this package um, I've been using lately called TextMask. And like everyone wants their freaking like currency like formatted as you type it in, right? Uh, and that's kind of a pain in the butt. And so this package actually um, is really of awesome. <laughs> Ronnie, I'm sorry, Austin. You totally knocked me off what I was saying. Oh, this package is like really awesome. Um, you can use it, which is vanilla JS or vanilla JavaScript. 
or uh, it has like uh, add-ons for Vue and Angular and React and all that type of stuff. It also has like add-ons. So like if someone types like a bad date, it'll like recorrect it automatically. Super awesome. Highly recommend. That's my picks. Nice. I think we should have an episode on te text masks and in Angular and the whole concept. Oh, yeah, I'm using it. Yeah. yeah. Next week, I'll Austin, sure be ready. <laughs> so anybody who I'm wants to be a guest that present that content, hit us up. Let me know. Uh, we can do an episode on it. I'm going right, sure to skip that one. <laughs> All right. Who else has picks? Bonnie? Did I see your hand? All right. Yes. So um, you guys know how uh, proud I am of my little child component. And she was on the show just a few weeks ago talking about her Angular for the Visual Learner. And she did uh, her her keynote at NGBE uh, was just last week. And it is now on uh, YouTube. So that's my pick. So uh, uh, Angular for the Visual Learner with Samantha Brennan from NGBE. It was, it was really an amazing talk. Awesome. Great pick. OK. Uh, so, Alyssa, do you have something? Yeah, so it's kind of personal pick day. Uh, today is our eighth anniversary. My husband. So uh, shout out to anybody who is in the vicinity of coming up on an anniversary because, woo! <laughs> and Zach, shout out to Zach. We love you, Zach. <laughs> Even though he loves Ember, we love him. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go eat cake to celebrate. Can I eat cake? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> Alyssa, at least he doesn't use CoffeeScript. <laughs> um, but he's the one that got me into CoffeeScript, Austin. <laughs> it could well, be worse. Are, are, you, are you sure you're with the right person? Eight years, oh, yes. Justin. You're on your way. Justin, I, I heard that take there. And just to clarify, I'm not snarking React. I'm snarking my friend Austin. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Leonardo, or Leonardo, do you have any picks for us? Yeah, um, <clears throat> sorry. So I want to pick Heidel until urgent. You want to pick what? It's an article. It's called Heidel until urgent. And it's my favorite way to boot, boot, improve your performance in the last few weeks. It's a, user, it's a, it's a, it's a way of how you should use request Heidel callback to uh, kind of like delay some delay an operation that uh, is not important that you do now, but you still want to do it. And instead of doing now, you just said, I want to do this operation when the thread is um, empty again. And it's a great article uh, that pretty much says, just delay whatever you're doing when the thread is empty. And it's great. It's a very useful if you want to like boost your performance on boot up time or any time. Uh, yeah, just read it. It's great. And if you have a question, tweet the guy that wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if you click on it, it loads instantly, or at least I perceive it as loading instantly. And the guy that wrote it, by the way, is the guy that also wrote the polyfill for the first input delay. So he definitely knows what he's talking about. <laughs> Idle until urgent. Yeah. Awesome. That's pretty cool. Awesome. All right, Leonardo. Thank you so much for coming on, sharing your time. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> All right, everyone. Have a good one. We're out. Later. <laughs>